Young Gentile Podcast. Welcome in. We've got a great show and a live audience. Here we go. Steve, we got another live audience again. I can't believe we got any more than one person who decided to come. (laughs) We've got a great audience of people who are here at our National Prophecy Conference for the Friends of Israel in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Who loves Lancaster, Pennsylvania? Yeah, rowdy crowd, Steve. What are you going to do? That's it's the right. Jew and the Gentile podcast. It goes along. <laughs> so we've got a great show lined up for you. Great guests. We're taking a little break from what we've been doing, our series. But before we do that, here we go. Welcome in, welcome in. Well, like I said, we are we have a live audience today, and uh, we're going to be doing... That's our- certainly better than dead. I, I- <laughs> That's exactly right. We're glad live we're all audience. Live. That's They're right. Alive. And just stay alive during the whole podcast, please, please too. Please. Uh, so we are. We we have a great show lined up. We've got a, a special guests all throughout the podcast. We'll be looking at our news of the day, and then finally our Yiddish word of the day. Steve, let's talk about what's going on at our National Prophecy Conference here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Well, Chris, we have the seven feasts of Israel. Uh, and we've been here at Lancaster. We started last night, and it couldn't have gone worse, actually. Uh, I mean, we had just about everything that could go wrong did go wrong. We had a frozen computer. We had temperatures in the room over 75 degrees and 450 people here. We had a mixer that didn't work. We had a, a door that every time somebody came in, you thought, hey, this, this it's crazy. It made creaks and sounds and uh, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Wait a minute. You you kind of sound like the Israelites coming out of Egypt a little bit. I've been practicing. <laughs> I got the genes of 3,000 years ago. That's right. I hear and all the complaints here. Fetching. Yep. Fetching. That's right. right? Exactly. Fetch. Uh, but the audience last night was fantastic, very cooperative. There yes, you they go. Were. They yes, stuck they around. Were. Yes, they held out. They Almost cool. 500 people, I think, Steve. That's right. Oh, def- oh, you like to stretch the numbers. Of course. That's, again, again, just like one of our people. Oh, it was 80 degrees. Not if Chris is talking. It was 95. That's right. <laughs> around up. But That's- we said, I believe that God had something big planned, and so far... People have come up to me and said, you know, that thing was a minor thing. I've been blessed. I'm learning. I'm growing. People are taking notes, Chris. They're taking notes from our messages. That's right. Did they take notes from yours, though? No. No. Okay. (laughs) No, no, not at all. Only from Bruce Scott. I I know they they took notes. Yeah, all the time. I know they took notes from Dan. Uh, I know they took notes from Jim. When I got up, people threw away their pens. Bupkis. Bupkis. That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we're studying the seven feasts of Israel. If you are a regular listener to the podcast, we had our live audience last time we uh, were in Winona Lake, Indiana, looking at the this seven feasts. This crowd's got to beat them out, Chris. I- I'm telling you. <laughs> That's right. That's beat pretty good. Out. That's pretty good. And Chris, you know something? We're coming up to one year. They said it wouldn't last. <laughs> one, <laughs> the, the, one year. The naysayers. The naysayers. All two of them. That's <laughs> Yeah, we are coming up. This is our 51st episode, I believe, of the podcast. Next week is our first year anniversary. We've got some things lined up, some uh, some ideas brewing up in these uh, two heads of ours. Yeah, so. we've never used more than an hour to prepare anyway, so why should we uh, do anything it different? It takes longer to set up the equipment than it to does. get ready for this it show. Does. But anyway, uh, so we have a great uh, show lined up because we've got an exciting lineup of panelists and speakers. Speakers and and guests, and so 
I'll actually ask our first guests to come up, uh, Yael and Irit, if you'll come up, yeah, give them a give round of hand, applause. Give my hand. Hello, friend. How are you? We are doing fun. Okay. Hello, hello. So, uh, Yael, Irit, you are our worship leaders for the conference this week. No passion, Chris. These <laughs> these girls have no passion whatsoever. There's zero passion up at this table right now. Zero. Yeah. Well, In fact, I saw them when they were singing. We had now now Yael is on the keyboard, but her fists were going like this. She was she was ready to. Jump uh, honestly, I, it was amazing. And Arit was down on her knees and bending up like this. I'm telling you, it was fantastic. I love it. I love we it. We need energy. Well, let's talk about your your relationship, you two, because you've been friends for a long time, and you did not meet in the United States of America. This this isn't your this isn't your home country. Where are you from? No, How did you meet? We're both from uh, Israel. Uh, both born and raised in Jerusalem for the most part. Me for the more part, and you for the less part. You yes. also had a stint in Haifa. And that's true. Okay. For some years. We're not going to yeah, talk about we're born that, in right? Jerusalem. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think our families go back before I was born, at least. She's oh, a really? She's a little bit older than me. Okay. We're tiny not bit. just a tiny bit. We're not going to say the exact nope, amount nope, of time. Nope, we don't want to date you two. Okay, great. You're dateless. Okay, so when 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 you guys you guys, I didn't realize you guys grew up together then. True. So mm -hmm. when did the music and the worship happened together. That's an interesting. I, didn't, I thought maybe you guys had, or you two had met at some point and then started doing worship together, but you grew up together. Yeah, that's right. Her older sister's name, Yael. My mom, when she came to Israel, heard that name. She said, if I ever, ever had a daughter, uh, I would call her Yael as well. So wow. there you go. There that's you go. how far back we go. And then about, when was it? 2010. Um, that's when the worship center that uh, Irit had the vision of starting. That's mm -hmm. when it started. And being already good friends back then, um, I'm like, okay, you can never do numbers to save your life. So I'll do the numbers and the administration, and you'll do the art and that artistic. That was the deal. Yeah. Oh, that's, so. and you, because you two had a, a ministry together too, Iri. Can you talk about the ministry that you two had together? That's right. So the ministry called Yuval, uh, we're not part of it anymore. It continued by the grace of God, and that's awesome. But over there, we got to teach children and adults, teenagers about worship and uh, worshiping God through all kinds of instruments, singing um, and uh, dancing and drama and all different ways, creative ways to worship God mm. and teaching them what, what's the meaning of worship, basically. So we've done that for 10 years um, and then God opened different other ways. <laughs> what does Yuval mean? I mean, there's a meaning to that when it comes to the the organization that you yeah, two built. That's right. Yuval first mentioned in the book of Genesis as the first musician, probably Jubal in English, I assume. And then also it mentions one more time in the book of Jeremiah uh, 17 speaks about the men who trust the Lord. He is like a tree and his roots are going into Yuval, which is stream of water. Mm. So that was the vision of the school of this ministry and center. People will come put the roots in the living water of Yeshua, and grow and bear fruit through the talents and gifts that he gave them. Was it just believers that you were ministering to through this music, or were there unbelievers as well, young Israeli kids coming from both the church and from other avenues as well? Yeah, we had, mostly, we had believers who come because it was, uh, you know, people who knew us and churches uh, around Jerusalem for the most part. 
But we did have uh, a whole bunch of kids that came that were not from non-believer, non-believing families. Uh, one of them was a very sweet Orthodox family, actually. Mm. Uh, loved the kids, they loved us, they trusted us, and so there was a relationship there, and they, uh, that's why they wanted to come. They got a good teaching uh, of their instruments, but also a good relationship with us. So. And a few Muslim families as well. Really? From Abu Ghosh, that area. Wow. But yeah, so that was awesome, reaching out with the gospel to those kids. Yeah, that's a, music is just such a great way to connect with people, you know, uh, if, especially when you just want to be able to begin a relationship and have the conversations about God. I've always learned ESL, English as a second language, is always a great way to minister to people and be able to use the Bible as a way to yes. connect. But then even music is another great way to right. communicate that. That's okay. fantastic. Steve, you have any, any thoughts? Well, I just wanted to ask you about your music uh, here at the conference. Uh, I've noticed that the music coincides with the speaker and really have appreciated that. Did you do a lot of planning? Was that the providence of God? How did that work? We did plan a little bit more than an hour before the... <laughs> that doesn't say oh, much. Oh, that was a good one. Oh, yeah, Al was waiting for that. But it's true. It, it, it actually, as a speaker, it, it's wonderful when, in my case, it was at the end. For other speakers, it was at the beginning to prepare the congregation. It's been amazing. We really appreciate that music and the thought behind it. How's it gone so far for you as worship leaders here at the conference? We enjoy it so much, and we enjoy the, uh, the feedback that we also get. Oh, you'll get feedback from this group. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're amazing, honestly. <laughs> And I think one of the things that we've noticed throughout the, the years of ministering together is that there's something about when the power of God's word meets the power of music, it does something to our hearts. And that's, I just believe that God created it that way, to reach our hearts in a way that just spoken word, it does that as well, but not in the same way. Mm. So this is why we are trying as much as we can to infuse the two together so that we hear a message and then the music kind of seals it in our hearts or... And on the other way, we open the heart to receive the message that the speaker shares. It's been fantastic. Hasn't been great so far? Praise God. And that's why we asked you two to come up and sing a song uh, for us, if you wouldn't mind. Um, yeah. So uh, I'll turn it over to you, and we're looking forward to it. Uh, so a cappella, I believe. Am I right? Yeah. Yes. We'll do a cappella. There we go. Not so take it away. Um, uh, as we were... You know, we were talking about the different feasts and everything. Um, the one thing, the one anchor um, to me that glues everything is the love of Jesus mm. and, and the love of God through Jesus to us. And so we wanted to share this song called Oh, the Deep, Deep Love of Jesus with you guys. Um, and we'll sing it first in Hebrew and then continue on in English. So you, you'll have both verses in both Hebrew and English. All right. Omega Havati Yeshua Nisgava mi levadam Yambachot anirav omeg Meimago ameshalva Omega Havati Yeshua Eden Adam nimili Tisa enin latif eret Tadricheni eleli Omega Havati Yeshua Eden Adam 
ישראל היא לתפארת, תדריכני אל אלי. have most of us our stuff online under my name uh, that's Yael S. Kalisher, Yael with a J, S. Kalisher. Uh, you can find it on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, YouTube. There's a clip there as well, and we just release all of that, all of our uh, music under my name. And for our people here today, as we're doing this podcast, six o'clock in the marketplace, we're, we're you're going to be, be there. Right. there you go. And also yeah. be ready for another album coming Soon, it's called Bo Eli, Come to Me, and it's scriptures from the Word of God about the peace of God. Mm. And Amen. we all need that these days. That's so fantastic. it's coming up soon. Amen. <laughs> Great. Ladies, thank you so thank much. You're thank fantastic. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. Hey, Chris, before we have our next guest, we haven't talked about who podcast is sponsored by. Well, I was actually, you and I, I mean, my goodness, we gotta make great sure minds that we think do. alike. Right, because, I don't know about that. Well, I was going to say um, that Yael actually taught a class on Hebrew worship 
last February. Anybody get a chance to join that class? Yeah, a couple hands up for being able to go to that class. It was on at our FOI Equip class in February, and Yael was amazing because she was living in, she was in Israel, so she would wake up at three in the morning, three in the morning to teach a class. Think about that. I can't even get up at three in the morning to go exercise. She's teaching a class at three in the morning, and uh, she was doing it for people all around the world who were tuning in to learn about Hebrew worship. So, And they th could still find that. Exactly. All of her classes are on YouTube at our FOI Equip page on YouTube, but also uh, the, it's the FOI Equip that sponsors the podcast as well, Steve. So if you want to learn how to read, uh, understand the Bible from a Jewish perspective, go to foiequip.com. O-R-G. So, Steve, our next guests are... Uh -oh. Okay, you better button up your yeah. top button. Oh, that's right. Here we go. Make sure no, the I'm socks good. are pulled up. Socks are pulled up. Our I'm... Yiddish word one time was macher. That's we right. We got a double macher. We got a double macher today. That's right. That the means the big Daves. shot. Two Daves. Two Daves. That's right. We have Dave Benner and Dave Roach. If you two would please come up. Come on up. Give them a come big round down. of applause. Give them a round big of applause. Hand. Come on, okay, gentlemen. Be careful. Mind your P's and Q's, Chris, because this know. could be your last day. This is my paycheck here, everybody, <laughs> right here. Okay. Hello, gentlemen. Good to see you. How are you? Dave gentlemen. and Dave. You guys, you don't have to forget Dave and Dave. Okay. It's great. Uh, Dave Benner is the chairman of the board for Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. And Dave Roach is chairman. Uh, I mean, uh, he's a board member in Canada for our Canadian office as well. Um, and so it's a joy to have you two with us. Um, so how do you think the conference is going so far? And this isn't your first one either. You, you, this isn't your first rodeo. So Dave, why don't you, uh, Dave Benner, why don't you share your thoughts? I think the conference is going great. It's so educational. It's just wonder, wonderful to be here with all of you in the audience and just to, to meet people and to get to know some of you, uh, something about you and your lives. It's just a blessing. So thanks, everybody, for being here. Uh, Dave Roach, how about you? He yeah, came he, all the way down from Canada, Canada. from Toronto, outside of Toronto. Yeah, we, had, we closed the door on the igloo when we left. <laughs> <laughs> You're picking up the spirit of the podcast. I like it. That's right. Did you know, actually, there's a spot not too far from Waterloo, where we live, that is actually further south than the Northern California border. Oh, really? Interesting. Just a little bit of geographic trivia for you today. <laughs> Canadian trivia, trivia there. <laughs> but the conference-wise, it's, uh, it's been wonderful. Judy and I have been coming down here for years to this conference. We look forward to it every year. Desperately missed it the last couple of years, but the, the education is phenomenal. The speakers are phenomenal. And uh, it's just a pleasure and a joy and a blessing to be here, for sure. D D Dave Benner, I'm interested. How did you get involved with Friends of Israel? And then I'm going to throw that question to you, Dave Roach. But how did you get involved with Friends of Israel? What drew you to Friends of Israel? Well, it actually goes back to my salvation experience. Both Lois, my wife, and I were saved in 1981. We started to attend a church right down the street from our house. That church was very supportive and very involved with the Friends of Israel. Uh, that was our first experience. Uh, that happened to be the church where the second executive director, Marvin Rosenthal, was the pastor at one time. Not at the time that we attended, but prior to that, he was the, the pastor. He was the first pastor of that church. In fact, it was his only pastorate. Mm -hmm. When he then took the executive director role, he called some of the people there down to, to work with him. And so we got to know them, including Tom Simcox. Yeah. He attended that church. That was our first connection, and we've been involved ever since. 
I, you know, we love having, how long have you been the chairman of the board for Friends of Israel? About three years now. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Right. How, you, how about you, Dave? How did, how did you and your family get involved? Well, we got involved actually through my wife, Judy. Uh, she was attending a Bible study at the time and picked up a copy of uh, Israel, My Glory. Yeah. And basically that's where the story started. And we started becoming very interested in, in the Jewish culture and how it all related to the Bible and so on. And uh, we ended up learning about the conferences, uh, prophecy update conferences and so on, and started to attend those. And we've been coming here now for, we couldn't figure it out, somewhere between five and 10 years. Wow, that's amazing. Coming down here too, from yes. Canada, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's we, awesome. Yeah, we went to Winona once, that's too far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us, give us uh, from your perspective, uh, what blessing have you received as you serve we, whenever we serve, we get blessed. And both Dave's, both of you on the boards of, your, of Canada, well, in fact, Dave is on that board of Canada as well, Dave Benner. But what blessing have you received? What, what, uh, how has God blessed you since you began to participate uh, on the board with Friends of Israel? That question for both of you. I would say that the blessings, they're multiple, obviously, but one of the things is just to see the ministry in action, to see God working through the people at the Friends of Israel, the quality of people that are there, the heart they have for the Jewish people, mm. it's just been a blessing to me. And also as I have grown in that ministry and learned more and more myself, that's been another blessing to me as we've learned more and more about how to witness to Jewish people, uh, all the materials that are available, just delving into the scriptures, just I can't, I cannot count the. So blessings. the ministry has had an impact on you, even as you you've grown as a result and learned from Friends of Israel's oh, material. Absolutely, folks. I mean, when I first came on board with the Friends of Israel, I had to ask myself, really, what what do I know about this? Hmm. And and uh, as as a member, I was interviewed by a team of people that scared the socks off of me, you know, Elwood McQuaid being one of them, I'm going to appear before Elwood McQuaid and he's going to ask me questions about scriptures. What in the world do I know about that? Yeah. And so I guess I did all right because they, they took me anyway. Yeah, you did great. Yeah, you did great. Dave Roach, yeah. how about you? Well, I had the same experience as, as Dave, except it was Bill Sutter. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the ministry has just been a blessing. Getting to know the people within the ministry is certainly a blessing understanding much better how the how great the ministry is in terms of its evangelism and teaching and communication of biblical truths and their love for Israel as well. You know, Steve, what excites me about this is that I think uh, sometimes we forget that, you know, you two, you have careers, you had careers, but you were invested in Friends of Israel and volunteered. You're, you're still volunteering your, your, through leadership with the Friends of Israel. And I just think about that with a lot of the people that are even here in this audience that would be willing to volunteer their, their time and their energy uh, to, to help fulfill the mission of the Friends of Israel. That's so important, and we're seeing it in two of our very important leaders here. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much for coming and being part of this. I really appreciate it. Give them it. a well, hand, give them peace. a hand. Yeah. Before we go, yeah. we, we, we'd like to sing a song. Oh, go right us. ahead. Go right <laughs> a solo by him. Yeah. Oh, man, they're getting the spirit of the podcast. I like it. I like it. 
Thank you, gentlemen. I really appreciate it. Steve, what'd you think of that? Huh? We never had board members before. I am telling, and people are staying. Chris, no one's walked out so far. I'm telling you. Thank you, everyone, for staying. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, is Mark Jenkins here? I just want to see if Mark... Oh, there he is. Yeah, Mark, come, come on, on up. Come on, Mark. As Mark is doing that, Mark, come on up. Mark has uh, an exciting career to share with us about how he's been involved in helping support Israel and the Jewish people. Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm good. I was listening for the microphones. This one is uh, sounds a little better than that one. Okay, so, so you so you put me on the right <laughs> microphone. He's a critic. So He's thank you very much. Here. That's his job, though, Steve. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's, that's right. right. Well, since you've picked out the right mic that yeah. sounds the best, why don't you tell people why you knew that mic was the best? What's well, your background? Uh, I had a career in television. I started out uh, coming out of college and went into uh, went in television as a career. My family actually had a, a business in communications, but they sold communications equipment, uh, radio and television uh, equipment to radio and television stations. But uh, I didn't like uh, the idea of selling the equipment, so I liked playing with it. So I grew up playing with it. <laughs> so I ended up with a degree in that and went into mass communications and then worked ultimately uh, working for the networks as a director of photography. For hey, Chris. Yeah. yeah. Do you know that Mark Jenkins is a star for IMG? Is he really? Oh yeah, we had. I had an interview. Did you oh, know about that? That's Mark, right. right. Yes, you, I do. That's right. People who. How, how many of you? Re, me, oh, I, I don't know. We could be in trouble, Mark. That maybe nobody read the magazine. But I interviewed Mark in an IMG article. Anybody read that article? Put up your hands. There we go. No, uh, we that would be people. my wife in the back. <laughs> there she is. There you go. I took her and showed her the article, and then one other person may be confused. <laughs> but, but, but okay. Well, that no, that's humbling to us too. <laughs> we put out the magazine. We put out a lot of stuff and wonder: Is anybody out there? <laughs> Mark, so that, that was great. That you, was great. You have a background uh, in TV stations, and you definitely know equipment. Um, uh, you've been helping us with equipment and whatnot for the new studio that's being built at Friends of Israel. Yeah, that's very exciting, by the way. I mean, not to interrupt, but that's, no, please. that's a great project. It's a fantastic project that hopefully, you know, we're going to be digging pretty soon to get that building up. We're investing a lot of money in a future studio um, for creating more content to share what's going on at Friends of Israel and our mission. Um, but how did somebody who's involved in all the technical uh, communications, things like that, have a, come to have a heart for Israel and the Jewish people? Well, that's a really interesting question because, you know, one of the things is, uh, I think we're talking with Dave, uh, uh, who was um, just up here a few moments ago. You know, you, when you start talking about how you end up in all of this Israel stuff, you know, it's like it's amazing when you hear people's story because a lot of people just never intended to be up, intended to be involved in it. Mm -hmm. And that was certainly my story. You know, you... You know, how do you end up doing the things that you're doing? And only the Lord could could do that, you know, because I didn't really, you know, go into television with an idea that I'm going to serve the state of Israel or anything like that. You know, you go into television, you, you follow a path, you think, uh, you, think you're, you think you have some say over, and the Lord begins to shape things and take you in different directions. And as you get older, you can look back and see how that, you know, God did shape that journey. But um, the, as far as Israel goes, I mean, my wife and I started taking uh, people over to Israel uh, back in the 1990s. And, uh, you know, at the same time, uh, we took our television cameras over and produced some programming that we would uh, air uh, through our Christian broadcast ministry that we were working with at the time. And people liked the program. And we would go to Israel and, and you know, we'd experienced that, but we, we, we thought that was kind of that. You know, we thought that was it. And then as we began to, well, let's keep going back. And you kept going back for more and more trips. So, you know, you realize that something's happening here, you know. And uh, I, I, you can hardly believe it, but you're, you're really getting engaged in it. 
And um, so it's, it's become a ministry. By, we, by the early 2000s, it had, it had become, a, 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 we believed, a, a real calling, not only to, to Israel, but the Jewish people uh, here and uh, in Israel. Because one of the things that I shared when we talked before, uh, my wife and I uh, hail from Richmond, Virginia, and what's amazing is that's a, is, you know, there's a very significant Jewish community there. So we grew up around this Jewish community and, uh, uh, and, and a lot of Holocaust survivors, actually. Mm. Mm. You have a great ministry yourself. Yeah. You really have two of them. Yeah. One involves Shabbat. That's right. Shabbat. I, wait, you're a Gentile. How's that possible? Shabbat Has anybody here Gentile. ever celebrated Shabbat before in the audience? Oh, see. Uh, we, that's my wife again. Yeah, yeah. that was one. <laughs> All right. Talk about your Shabbat meeting. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, uh, one of the things that happened is, you know, over the years, the, the, the more and more people uh, began to accumulate uh, in our community that had gone to Israel, um, a lot of people we had taken, but people who were on other trips as well. And I remember being approached by, by them uh, uh, over the years, like, well, let's have a trip reunion, or can we do something to sort of capture that feeling that we had when we were in Israel and learn more about Israel and really the kinds of things that you, that Friends of Israel does, by the way, in all of their media. And so we were thinking, well, what could we do? And we tried a few trip reunions, but it wasn't quite enough. So we said, well, let's do this. Let's just plan a regular event once a month that we're going to have. We're going to put a, you know, a stick pin in the schedule and say, this, we're just going to do something for Israel on this day. So what would that be? So we settled on the first Friday of every month, and the Friday is the Shabbat. So let's do a first Friday Shabbat. Right. So we said we would do this, even if, like, you know, we're going to put this out there. If 50 people show up, great. You know, we're not going to worry. We're just going to do it, and we're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep doing it, because I think that's the important part. We never had less than about 100, 150 people. I mean, it, it was uh, people were coming. And, again, not just people that we were taking to Israel. It was people that were... Um, from other churches that were looking for some kind of connection and a regular connection. Yeah. And so how we structured it is, is that we basically imitated what you would see in a Jewish home for the Sabbath. And so we would uh, say the blessings that go through the Jewish blessings. We would, we would help, help them understand you what those the are. Candles, you, we Kiddush, the candles, we, you have the candles. We light the candles. You have the challah. The whole thing. The whole thing. And we do that at the beginning. Then we have our meal, just like you would in the Jewish home. And then after the meal, um, all sometimes interrupting the meal, depending on how long, you know, we, we've gone or how much we need to do that night, then we'll do a presentation. Talk about Yad Vashem. This is exciting too for you, Mark. I mean, I, you do so much, but this is really one exciting one for you as well. Well, Yad Vashem, that's an interesting story. And that sort of ties in with the media part of my life. And that is, uh, uh, I was, uh, being in, uh, we just, I got to connect the dots on this for you. I was in, went into television, but I was in secular television. I was working with different networks and, and uh, agencies and things like that, um, primarily with NBC. And, um, but then uh, I went from that into Christian television. So I went into Christian broadcasting. So I, I got involved with the National Religious Broadcasters and been very involved with them over the decades, over the last three decades. And so um, I got invited to go to Israel uh, with the American Israel Education Foundation. And I and several uh, board members from the National Religious Broadcasters went to Israel. And guess where we went? They took us to Yad Vashem. It just so happened that we went to 
uh, Israel. We were there during Yom HaShoah, so the ceremony for the heroes and martyrs of the Holocaust, as they would describe it. Mm-hmm. But what was interesting to us is we were sitting there, uh, those of us that were in the NRB, as we were sitting there and we were watching this ceremony, if you've ever seen it, um, we were, we were, we were watching, uh, the, you know, the survivors give testimony to what they, you know, had endured and survived. Uh, we saw a nation mourning and, you know, it, 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 it was unbelievably touching. And the reaction that I had was immediately was, why is this not seen all over the world? Why, you know, we're, we're trying to deny this happened. Why is this not seen all over the world? So um, I asked uh, the folks that were our hosts at Yad Vashem, you know, is this thing broadcast outside of the state of Israel? What are you doing with this? They have cameras. They're broadcasting it in Israel, their ceremony, the official ceremony uh, for the Holocaust every year. And they, they, they didn't understand me. And so they were like, I mean, not the language. It was like they didn't really know what I was asking. But they said, no, it's only seen in Israel. And so, as it turns out, we put a deal together, uh, working with the leadership Such of NRB. A deal. And the first time the ceremony was ever seen outside the state of Israel was that year. I think that was 2012. Mm. Then the very next year, we shared it with broadcasters and started adding countries around the world. Wow. And so, it's broadcast uh, all over the world now. How, uh, can, our, how can our people here connect uh, with that? It's broadcast on the NRB TV uh, network, which is on DirecTV. I believe it's channel 378. Uh, it's on a number of other Christian broadcast stations as well. We turned it over. And by the way, we did it as a mitzvah. Good. Uh, so the great thing was is that uh, we did it all through our ministry. Um, it was just whatever the costs were for translations, re-editing, repackaging the program. Wow. Israel gets a great deal. So we did it all as a mitzvah, which was great because then we went to other broadcasters. We said, let's understand, this is an agency. Nobody's making money on this. Yeah. If you love Israel and you want to do this, you put it on your station, you put it on your station. And so that's what we did. So when you, when you all see, uh, when you see this broadcast it's on TV. A nation Remembers, A Nation Remembers. You can actually go to, our, to a website that was set up for it and see the uh, broadcast from the previous year. Then you'll know the man who's married to it, right? Yes, I'm married to it. <laughs> Mark, thank, thank you so you. much for jo- being with us. Chris, this is, we are getting a little bit of everything here. We this really is are. Amazing. It's, it's definitely a good time. I would like to ask, we, we have just a few moments left uh, for our two guests, but would Bruce and Janet Scott please come up and uh, be a part of this great, give it up for Bruce and Janet. Here. Now, Chris, I, I need to say we're so thankful that, well, Bruce, we had to come up. He works with Friends of Israel, and I told him to come up. But Janet didn't have to come up. And it's uh, those of you who are shy, are there anybody out there who's a little shy? Uh, honestly, Janet is willing to do this for the Lord Jesus Christ, and I am so thankful. She doesn't want to be here. I don't blame her. My wife is in the back. I could never get her to do it, even if I said it's for Alice Jesus. Alice wouldn't do it, yeah. Yeah, no, Alice would just say forget about it. But... <laughs> but but Janet didn't. And welcome, Janet. Th- thank her for coming. And we're going to start off, Janet. I just want you to talk about your background is Jewish as well. You grew up in Chicago. Um, tell us a little bit about your background. And, and real quick, from uh, the background you came to, how in the world do you end up here? That was a long time ago, and I think I can remember it. Uh, I was raised in a Jewish home. My, both of my parents were raised in Orthodox homes. 
but after they got married, they were a little more on the conservative to the reform side. So we celebrated the Jewish holidays um, at home, Hanukkah and Passover, and we went to the synagogue on the high holidays. I went to uh, a Sunday, Jewish Sunday school, and for many years, and it, once or twice a week, and instead of getting bat mitzvah, I had a confirmation, mm. and uh, my brother had, had a bar mitzvah. And uh, so after that, that was in my high school years. And I found that going to the synagogue was, and being with the family with the holidays was uh, a warm type of a, a feeling, but at the same time, I felt like in my own life there was something missing and uh, something that wasn't fulfilling for me. And I, I'd never learned the Hebrew, and part of our services were in Hebrew, but they did have the translation on the other side of the page, so I did read those. How did you, how did you come to faith in the Lord then, in that growing up in the Jewish home and, and uh, family going to Passover, Hanukkah, at the synagogue, and, and such? Yes, uh, in, a, in many Jewish homes, like mine, even though we weren't extremely religious, we never, we knew that Jesus was not an option. Jesus wasn't for the Jewish people. Jesus mm. was for the Gentiles. So I didn't even consider that for myself. Um, and we never talked about it at home. It was unspoken, yet we knew that it wasn't, that Jesus wasn't for us. One day uh, after I'd, I'd graduated high school, went to college, didn't, wasn't religious at all, didn't do much at all, except for when I came home. And uh, my grandfather had passed away, and after the funeral, uh, during the Shiva time, uh, my cousins, we all went out for a bite to eat together, and they started talking about religion, and they were talking about Jesus, and kind of way out ideas about Jesus. Could Jesus be a woman, can Jesus, I mean, you know, who, or the Messiah. They were just saying strange things that I had, it was over my head. And sitting next to me was my cousin, Lana, and she was making a few comments. And some of those, she was saying some things like she, she had known something about Jesus. And uh, so that was kind of interesting to me. A few months later, I got a call from her and she invited me to a Bible study. Wow. Oh, man. The Bible study. Yeah. And uh, just briefly, uh, my cousin Lana met a young woman. This is, I was in 24 at this time. So she met a young woman on the train on the way to downtown Chicago to work. This young woman was having her devotional time, and Lana was sitting next to her. They started getting to know each other, started becoming friendly, and this girl's name was Dawn, and uh, Dawn asked if Lana wanted to get together to eat, and so they would get a bite to eat um, after work and started becoming friends, and Dawn asked Lana if, at one point, if she would like to have a Bible study, mm. and Lana said, you know you're not going to convert me, I'm Jewish, so don't even try, <laughs> but eventually there was something about the interest that she had that they started having one, and through that, uh, this uh, person knew her scriptures, she knew the Old Testament, she knew how to share the qualifications for the Messiah and the prophecies. Mm. And my cousin Lana became a, a believer in her Messiah. Amazing. Amazing.
Bruce, uh, when I first, uh, Janet, I've known Bruce for two decades. I've known Janet for a very long time. And I, when I first saw Janet at the conference, I went up and I gave her a hug and I said, do you still like me or do you hate me? And she, why, why? Well, because we've had Bruce on a wild goose chase all summer long. Bruce, why don't you share all the places that you've been and poor Janet has been at home in Phoenix. And that's why anytime he goes somewhere, it's usually our fault. It is our fault. And then, you know, so anyway. We're blamed I, for everything anyway, so it might as well be true. It's our fault. So I said, Janet, do you st-? she said, I still like you. So thank you, Janet, for still being my friend. But Bruce, tell everybody where you've been over this summer and maybe ways people can get involved, too, because it's very important. Well, it's not completely all your fault because I do say yes. <laughs> so I, but uh, as I shared this morning, we have programs uh, with Friends of Israel that and you know, enables uh, believers to get involved and experience Jewish ministry. So at the beginning of June, uh, we had our five-day encounter trip, which goes to New York City, Philadelphia, New Jersey area. And then about three days after that, uh, the assistant director of program ministries, Cameron Joyner, and I led our origins group to Israel for 19 days where we volunteered there uh, with Lekat Israel, which is the uh, National Food Bank for Israel. Had a great team of young adults, uh, just had a wonderful time. And uh, then came back from that uh, about uh, June 9th, or no, towards the end of June. And then uh, shortly after that, we took another encounter group to uh, New York. And then we just finished at the, at the end of August another encounter group of uh, shepherds. Are you following this, people? It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> it's like so, so, yeah, the, the last one was, was shepherds. Where it was, uh, we, we geared it, designed it specifically for pastors and uh, ministry leaders. And uh, for some of them, what they experienced was brand new to them, and it just really opened their eyes. And uh, they were very excited about it. I want to bring it back to their congregations. So basically, Bruce has been to New York, Philadelphia, New Jersey, Israel, New York, Philadelphia, New Jersey, and then back for round three to New York, Philadelphia, New Jersey. And you also threw in a trip to Florida to help your son move down to Florida. Oh, that's, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, after... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep, see? It's all a blur, yeah. Bruce. Yes, it is. After Origins, uh, we came back, and uh, a few days later, Jan and I helped our son and daughter-in-law and little baby uh, moved down to Florida. And two dogs. And two dogs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can't forget the dogs. <laughs> this Hit is the actually oy the first. Hit the oy vey. Yeah, exactly. This is the first time uh, Janet has actually seen Bruce in like four months. So there. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm I had to joking. reintroduce myself. <laughs> That's uh, right. uh, I want to thank you two so much uh, for for being with us. Thank you for sharing your testimony, Janet. It's Thanks, so important. Janet. We're so thankful. Yes. Give it up for Bruce and Janet. <laughs> All right, we've only got a few moments left, everybody. Why don't we transition to the news? Steve, you found some great news articles. Oh, yeah, 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 I forgot. Uh, well, we talked about the fact that uh, the queen has just recently died. That, that, that's right. The queen has died, and they're having a big to-do. It's a big simus, which is Yiddish for something big's going on, and there, there should be. But, you know, the, there's an opinion piece in the Jerusalem Post, Chris, about... Uh, uh, what would her title be? Alice's title. Not my wife Alice's title, but... Princess Alice. Princess Alice is actually buried 
uh, near the Mount of Olives. That's King Charles III's grandmother. So King Charles, who's about to become King Charles, his grandmother is buried. He is King Charles. He is King Charles. Sorry about that. He is King Charles. He is His grandmother is buried on the Mount of Olives. Not very far from the Mount of Olives. And the whole piece in the article, Jerusalem Post, and by the way, you will be linking the news item when it goes out uh, and make sure you do that. And in this piece, you'll find out that in essence, what the royal family is saying, they are, without using the terms, but it's fair to say, Christian Zionists. Yep. They were, she was buried there because her heart is with the Jewish people. And the reason so is because Jesus, oh, startle, Jesus was Jewish. Yeah. And go she figure. knew that. She knew that. Yeah, go figure. You know, Christian Zionism actually has its roots in England, in the UK. Uh, it was 1917 that played a very big role in the establishment of the state of Israel. That was the Balfour Declaration. And that's around this time that Prince, uh, Princess Alice is alive. She's witnessing all these things as well. Share with that. Oh, share well, about that. Well, really not, not only that, General Allenby, who was the general approaching Jerusalem as it was about to be transferred from the Turks to England, and he was a believer himself. He was on a white steed, as I'm told, as I've read, and he got off his horse and he said, you know, if the Lord Jesus Christ, this is the city of where my Lord was crucified, I'm not coming in on a horse. I'm going to walk in. Wow. What an amazing story. And yeah, Great Britain played a key role in uh, the establishment, ultimate establishment of the nation of Israel. You see, God was working in England, and then it shifted to the United States. And Chris, it might be shifting again. We're in shaky ground here in the United States, mm -hmm. but we hope and pray that America stands with Israel. Uh, let's talk really quick about the next uh, uh, article, which is something you found from the Times of Israel about the fact that Israel is currently helping with the Ukraine war. We've just learned that Ukraine has pushed Russia back uh, and acquired several hundred square miles, maybe even thousands of square uh, miles of territory again on the Russia-Ukraine border. So they're having successes there. And what they need more than ever is weapons, weapons, weapons. And Israel is actually helping, but maybe people don't know about about that so kind much. Kind of undercover. We've talked in our podcast about how Israel has strong ties with Russia, but doesn't want strong ties. They have it, but they don't want it. And they try to stay out of the war itself, uh, but have supplied a humanitarian uh, goods to Ukrainian people. Well, a private company in Israel ha has uh, the technology to defeat some of the drones that Russia has. And so what's happened? The government is fine, kind of going like this, Chris. They're putting up their hands saying, what we don't know won't hurt us. Yeah. So go, Zygazunt, don't <laughs> tell us. And you could get that technology to them oy, and ultimately... <laughs> you could get that technology to them so that could help, uh, help the Ukrainians uh, overcome the Russians. They're, they're bringing this technology not right into Ukraine, but into through, Poland. Through Poland. And Poland exactly. into Ukraine. So it's not direct to Russia. Yeah, they, because uh, Israel had some tough, uh, it wasn't tough, it was an interesting place to be in early in the war with Ukraine and Russia because uh, uh, the former Prime Minister Neftali Bennett tried to make himself a mediator between Russia and Ukraine. So he didn't want to step on Putin's toes, he didn't want to step on Zelensky's toes, but then Putin's uh, administration started saying really anti-Semitic things um, which ultimately, I think, turned the administration against Russia. Well, Russia's been helping Israel and the Syrian in the in the country of Syria to keep 
the border calm. And that's that's really has to do with Israel's security. So they're trying not to get involved militarily. But even with this, they just said, oh, well, we don't know, won't hurt us, so don't tell us anything and <laughs> deal with Poland. All right, here we go, everybody. We're going to transition one more time to the... Do you know what this section is? This section is called the Yiddish word of the day. Here we go. There we go. I think they're getting tired, Chris. They We've are. Got a long time. How long is this? This is one hour. Hey, here we go. This is it, though. The last thing. Steve, Yiddish word of the day. Go for the it. Yiddish word of the day is pisk. P-I-S-K, pisk. You know what it means? What does it mean? I know what it means, but uh, go ahead. It means loudmouth. There you go. Who, who here is a loudmouth? Oh, I'm a loudmouth. I'm a loudmouth, too. That's why we did piss. <laughs> we, we should be called the... the the Jew and the Gentile Pisk. The Pisk program. The That's Pisk exactly the hot air. Pisk program. <laughs> That's the Yiddish word of the day, everybody. The It's Pisk. Thank you so much for being with us and joining us on the Jew and Gentile podcast. Hey, listen, we can't do it without you. Thank you so much. Uh, be sure to join us for more Jew and Gentile podcasts. Uh, we, you can go to foiequip.org, foiequip, where you can find all of the resources you need in order to do a uh, study the Bible from a Jewish perspective. Again, that's foi. Uh, uh, foiequip.org. We've got some great, exciting upcoming classes. Dr. Jim Showers will be sharing about the history of Friends of Israel, and yours truly will be teaching about intertestamental history between the Testaments. So you can do find out all this information, how you can register for all these free, 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 free. classes. Thank you so much. And finally, we're off the. We're off the air. Have a good one, everybody.